Hello, I am Dan Jones, and you are listening to another episode of The Flipside. This is the show where educators from around the globe share their stories about flipping their classes, what they've tried, what works, and the lessons they have learned along the way. Flip learning was never meant to be done alone, so let's engage in this together. So this month, I started thinking about New Year's resolutions. I have never really said any before because I always viewed them as empty promises that people made to themselves. And I didn't see any value in making up a resolution that I knew was just some idealistic version of myself. This year is different though. Over the holidays, I stepped on a scale and was shocked to see that I weighed in at the heaviest I have ever weighed. No need to mention the number, but to say that my clothes were starting to get tight is a little bit of an understatement. With my wife's help, I decided to go on a diet, but I refuse to subscribe to any specific diet. I made it up as I went. My diet consisted of eating less, eating better, and doing more. I started eating a healthy breakfast, trying to have an apple a few hours later, eat a salad for lunch, a healthy snack a few hours after that, and then a healthy dinner. I stopped drinking soda, and I only drink coffee and water. One of the things that I was worried about was being hungry all the time, though. I was shocked to realize that I wasn't. To date, I've lost 12 pounds in 24 days. My clothes fit, I feel great, I have more energy, and I snore less. And the thing is, I'm just getting started. I want to lose another 20 pounds. But what if I never started this process? What moved me from viewing a resolution as an empty promise to a meaningful goal? I would start with identifying the resolution as a need and not a want. I don't want to lose weight and eat better, but I need to lose weight. So often, resolutions are wants. I want to have a better relationship. I want to eat better, and so forth. But until that resolution becomes a need, it will be an empty promise. Empty promises do not carry any sort of consequences. If I don't act on needs, though, there are consequences. My health was deteriorating. I was eating Tums every day snoring terribly, and I even had to hold my breath just to be able to bend over and tie my shoes. Talk about consequences. So what does all of this have to do with flipping your class? Well, at the end of last year, a nonprofit organization called the Academy of Active Learning Arts and Sciences worked with over 100 flipped classroom teachers in 49 countries to create standards that educators could use to improve the implementation of effective flipped learning practices. In a way, the new standards are like a health checkup for your classroom. Well, there are only 187 standards. I say that in jest because 187 is just too overwhelming to try to manage. So what the Flipped Learning Global Initiative did was to put those best practices in a periodic table. Thus, the elements of flipped learning were born. The table is color-coordinated to be broken down into categories, 12 to be exact. This made the 187 best practices more manageable. 
because I wasn't looking at all 187. I looked at the different elements that actually applied to my classroom. There were two elements that sort of caught me off guard, though. Both elements dealt with the same basic concept, failure. Failure is an idea that I have preached to my students because it is part of a growth mindset that I want to instill in them. But had I really internalized that I needed to plan for failure and that if I was failing, I was learning. If you know my story, you know that my pursuit of perfection was what burned me out. How how perfect I was at my job was my litmus test that determined if I was good at my job or not. Because I wasn't engaging every student, meeting every student's educational needs, able to remain calm in all situations, captain of the educational fun bus, I was quickly burned out, frustrated, and ready to get out of education altogether. My imperfection was final. I would never be perfect. So therefore, teaching was not meant for me. Now, insert flipped learning and a renewed passion for teaching. I learned that persistence and effort were more desirable qualities than perfection. My administrators wanted me to be persistent and to put forth an effort. They knew that not every lesson would go perfectly, and they knew that I had difficult students in my class. The important thing is that I don't give up on my students or myself. So let's bring this conversation full circle. What were some of the things in my classroom that needed to change? Not things I wish were different. The components that needed to change involved me. I needed to resolve to fail more often. I needed to fail forward. I need to try new approaches in my class and not be worried about what if it doesn't work. Instead, when something doesn't go as planned, engage in a reflective practice that allows for growth. It is so important for educators to view failure as a critical element in the process of learning and teaching. Failing is not an end, but it is a means of reaching a solution. I encourage you to make a resolution for your classroom. It is never too late to think about what needs to change in your classroom. So I encourage you to take a look at the new global elements of effective flipped learning. Allow it to guide you through what you are doing well and areas that need to be addressed. Until next time, check out the latest issue of FLR Magazine at flr.flglobal.org. And I will catch you on the flip side.